Welcome to this GOT 539 uh, podcast over the book of Joshua. These podcasts are kind of designed to give you an introductory overlook at what each of the historical books teaches, some of the themes, and then what you're going to do as a student is you're going to take one of those themes, trace it through the book, and then write an essay according to the discussion forum guidelines. So let's talk about the book of Joshua. Joshua is a book of conclusions and beginnings. We close off the uh, Pentateuch section where we're really focusing on God's promises to Abraham regarding this great nation, regarding a blessing, regarding the land that's coming up. And we're kind of closing off the great nation and bringing them to the land. And so the land has been a focus ever since Genesis 12. It's a big focus when we get to the Old Testament law. They've been redeemed out of Israel, and now finally they're ready to take possession of the land, and that's where the book of Joshua comes into play. The structure of Joshua can really divide it into, it can be divided several ways. One of the ways that I have found helpful to think about it is a way that uh, Robert Van Noy in the New Dictionary, International Dictionary of Old Testament Theology and Exegesis kind of outlines it, and he uses four key words, uh, one word for each of the sections. So chapters 1 through 5 is cross. They are crossing the Jordan. Chapters, the end of chapter 5 through chapter 12 is take. It's all the records of the, of the battles. Chapter 13 through 21 is divide. They're dividing up the lands. A lot of boring stuff, if you would, from our perspective, but very crucial to God's plan and what he's doing with the land. And then chapter 22, 23, and 24 is serve, where Joshua's giving challenges to the nation. There's the renewal of the covenant at Shechem. The message of the book of Joshua can be summarized as this. God fulfills his promises through his people's obedience. Okay, God is fulfilling his promises. That's really the emphasis of the book, but then there's this sub-theme that's going to come up when his people obey. So God is going to, uh, he's going to fulfill his promise, but that doesn't mean you just let go and let God. No, you need to be actively doing what God expects you to do as a part of God's fulfillment of his plan. And that really is a practical message for us today, and hopefully you'll kind of see some of those connections as you read through it. So there's a few themes that support that main message. The first theme I'd like to focus on is that of God's promise. All right, uh, Joshua 21:45. There failed not aught of any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass, and he had promised them many things. He promised him his presence. Chapter 1, verse 5, I will be with you. Chapter 1, 9, 3, 7, uh, the Lord thy God is with thee. At Ai, God threatened to remove his presence. Uh, you have the captain of the Lord's army right there with the people. So God is fulfilling his promise to be there present with them. He's also fulfilling his promise to give them power. All right, chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He's going to show his power. He's promised to do that. Chapter 4, 12, he talks, God talks about how uh, he sent hornets before them, and he was the power behind the victories. And this power that he gave, uh, that he displayed, it put terror into the hearts of the Canaanites. Four times in the book, it mentions how the Canaanites saw God's promised power on the behalf of Israel, and they were scared. In fact, one of the goals of the conquest was to show the nations of the earth the mighty hand of God. Chapter 4, verse 24, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye fear the Lord your God forever. So God's promised his presence, his power. He also promises judgment. You have this ban, the karem in Hebrew, utterly destroy. 
that's what the people of Israel were supposed to do to the Canaanites. All right, but that wasn't just something unique to uh, Joshua's day. This was prophesied and foretold back in Genesis 15:16, where God told Abraham that the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full, which means this ban that all the Canaanites were put underneath, uh, this was God's judgment for their sin. But God didn't just play favorites and just overlook Israel's sin. No, when his own people sinned, like Achan at Ai, he judged them. So we see God's promised judgment. Finally, we see God's promised land. As a curse, the Canaanites lost the land. As a blessing, the Israelites were given the land. That Hebrew word for give, Nathan, appears 85 times in connection to the land. Inheritance occurs 50 times about the land. And although we mentioned that uh, divide section, chapters 13 through 21, as maybe not being very interesting to us, the fact of the matter is it's very crucial to this promise of the land. They show how God is keeping his promise to Abraham to give Abraham's descendants this land. So God's promised land, his judgment, his power, his presence, that's really the first theme that fits into that message of God fulfills his promise, says. But the second part of the message is through his people's obedience, which brings us to our second main theme, man's responsibility. If you were to look in uh, Robert Bell's uh, The Theological Messages of the Old Testament books, you'll actually see there a chart where Dr. Bell charts 70 occurrences of this obedience theme. For instance, the battle plans of Jericho, completely destroying certain cities, keeping the law. That idea of law appears nine times. Joshua's speech, that's Shechem, at the end of the book is all about obeying God's law, upholding your responsibility to obey. And Joshua 22.5 is probably one of the key verses of this theme. But take diligent heed to do the commandments of the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So what is man's responsibility? First of all, it's to obey. But second of all, it's to remember, which is going to help them obey. You have the stones of Jordan from Gilgal in chapter 4, circumcision and the Passover, where they're remembering what God had done, both with Abraham and then with the uh, uh, rescue from Egypt, the redemption from Egypt. There's a ceremony at Mount Ebal in Joshua 8, the covenant renewal at Shechem in Joshua 24. And the idea is, now that God has given them the land through their obedience, they must not forget. Now, we, unfortunately, we know what's going to happen in Judges. They are going to forget. They are going to abandon. They are going to leave. But man's responsibility in response to God's promises is obedience and remembrance. So as you read through the book, take one of these themes, whether it's a big theme of God's promise or man's responsibility or one of the sub-themes, presence, power, judgment, land, obedience, and remembrance. Um, trace one of those themes. Then go to the, uh, take one of those themes, then go to the essays, the uh, journal reading forum, and have a four to five hundred word essay talking about how the book advances that theme. And so at the end of it, you'll have nine total essays, but also some good material to go back and review if you save it in your own Word document to say, hey, this is one of the big ideas and this is how I profited from reading through the book this time. If you have any questions, please let me know.